Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hello and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for pulling your chair up to the cool kids table, where every week I try to bring a really interesting interview with someone who is doing something cool. We try to cover a lot of different industries, large companies, small companies, solopreneurs, CEOs, and sort of everything in between. And I think you're going to be really excited about the guests that we have today, because today's guest when I looked at his LinkedIn profile, he, he works in technology. He's CEO of a really popular restaurant brand in the Seattle area. Uh, he serves on a bunch of boards. He, he's just one of these people who you look at it and you think, I'm tired just reading his resume. So I think we're going to have a lot of fun with today's guest. But before we get started, hey, I got to thank one of the sponsors of today's episodes. So many of you... Many of you offer physical products to your fans and your customers, and you know that dealing with that physical stuff, packing it up and mailing it, it just steals all of your precious time. Well, my friends at Amplifier, they blend order fulfillment, screen printing, and on-demand production into a single self-service platform that you fully control. And I know this firsthand because I work with Amplifier for my Try New Things t-shirts. A lot of you have ordered these shirts at trynewthings.shop, and when you order them, poof, it gets sent over to Amplifier. They print them and ship them for me. They integrate with your e-commerce shop and help you drive any giveaway campaigns that you might do, and they're perfect for big companies and entrepreneurs just starting out. And on-demand means no inventory risk. So as you grow, then you can stock up on inventory, and they have a big warehouse. They'll take care of all that for you as well. So go over to Amplifier and find out what they do. You can go to amplifier.com slash cool things and sign up today. So speaking of today... Before you jump over and sign up at Amplifier, you got to listen to this episode because we have Ryan Santwire. And as I said before, he's one of these people, he's, he's doing a lot of things, but he's got like a real entrepreneur's heart, kind of that soul of the person who wants to be a doer and get things done. And just talking with him, he gets so excited about the restaurant business, but then the technology business. It's like, whoom, he's got so many things going on at once. We are going to have a great chat. So Ryan Santwire, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Hey, Tom. Thanks for having me on. And by the way, I think I have a, a really good uh, application and a couple customers for Amplifier, by the way. So well, they, anyway. will be, they will be happy to hear that. So that's, that's awesome. And they're a great sponsor and they're good friends. So Ryan, you're joining us on this call from Seattle, Washington, if I'm not mistaken. Is that I, right? I am indeed. I'm at my home office looking out over at the mountains. So I'm kind of fortunate <laughs> that way. One of my favorite cities in the whole world. If I didn't live in Austin, Texas, I very well might live in Seattle. It's a great place and, yeah, a, and an entrepreneurial fun. place. Yeah, yeah, indeed. We've got tons of, I mean, it's, it's funny, I think some of the the rain drives people to be, you know, there's great artists, there's, you know, obviously Starbucks, and all these coffee places. And there's just a lot of businesses that have come out of Seattle. And if you look at Microsoft and Amazon and all these things that have kind of uh, pulled away from those giant um, companies, it's just a really exciting place to live right now. Absolutely. So, Ryan, you know, I kind of said, hey, you're, you're this renaissance man who's doing a lot of stuff, but why don't you tell us what it is that you do? Who, who is Ryan Santwire and what do you do? 
So, you know, I've, I've always been entrepreneurial and, and even as a, a young kid, um, I had paper routes and lemonade stands and was always doing something. I even had a, a fireworks business at the age of about 12, um, buying them out of the back of a comic book. And, you know, they were probably illegally sold, but who, who knew <laughs> I was a 12 year old. Um, and, and then just kind of worked my way up into restaurants and so forth. And, and the whole time I, you know, was always doing something. I'm currently the president and CEO of uh, Paseo Restaurants, which is um, number one, number two, depending on the year, restaurant in Yelp in America. It's got a massive following from wow. all over the place. I'm also the senior vice president of a technology company called Three Tree um, Technology. We're a consulting firm. And then I'm a, a board member for the Pike Place Market Foundation. And I'm a dad to a really great three-year-old and, and a husband as well. So a, a lot of a lot of things going on and <laughs> a lot of challenges within that world. Well, three-year-old, you've got, you've got your hands full. Is it a boy or a girl? It's a little boy. So really, you know, really, really cool little kid. So you know how cute he is right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, go enjoy it because they grow up. <laughs> they grow up and turn on you and go to really expensive colleges. I know. I was thinking about that. I was like, I got to capture these moments now because you never know what the future will look like. It seems like five minutes ago, I have two, I have a 17 year old and a 21 year old. It seems like, it seems like just minutes ago they were three years old and yet the oldest one just got engaged to be married. Oh, wow. That's super cool. When is the, when's that coming Uh, together? Not, not for another year. Uh, She graduates from college this May and they will get married the following May and they're going to get married on the top of a mountain and then ski down to their own reception, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. They're they're big skiers. So her uh, fiance is doing it right. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a good kid. You couldn't ask for a nicer man to marry your daughter. So that's, that, that's a good thing. So, so what led you sort of into, you said you always were an entrepreneur. Were your parents entrepreneurial? Where did you get this bug? Well, you know, my dad, my dad was in sales, but I don't think he was anywhere near as entrepreneurial as me. You know, he definitely worked hard. My mom worked really hard, but, but I, I don't know what it is. I, I feel like, you know, somewhere in there, there was a mixture of both parents, but, but it, it's almost like there was a, you know, the stork dropped me off at the wrong house maybe. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I had, I had things always cooking, but I always like to make people happy and I like to, to work with people and, and that customer service bug. Um, was was always you know something that came from me doing business with people. So you know whether it was lemonade stands, paper routes, getting and restoring cars. I met a guy at one point when I was selling cellular phones as a young lad um, that actually had the contract for Costco, and he got all the scratch and dents from Costco and had this giant liquidation business. So we got everything ten to thirty cents on the dollar, and I started working with that gentleman and. I was selling things and, and, and putting up shops and, and wheeling and doing all this stuff. But it was way before, you know, that stuff was really easy. There was no Craigslist. There was no really great marketing. And I didn't have a lot of experience or a mentor. Um, so, you know, I struggled with it, but, but you know, kept going and, 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 you know, knocks and bruises along the way. And I went, you know, the whole time I was kind of working in the restaurant business to support all those entrepreneurial habits and I got into um, the wine and distribution business out of default because I was in the wine or I was in the uh, restaurant business, and I really loved what that kind of sexy romantic side of things was, Tom. 
So I got into the distribution business. Yeah, and distribution is always where we think the sexy business is. It's like yeah, you know, it really is. It's it's it, it looks a lot sexier and, until you're actually slucking <laughs> along, you know, wine in your car and kegs of beer to restaurants at twelve o'clock at night. Although your um, friends like you because yeah, you are yeah, the was, most popular guy when you work for the wine company. I was pretty popular, and and it, it helped with the dating area as well. So that there was a lot of really cool things that came from it, and I met a lot of great people. And I learned a lot about food, um, even more about the customer service aspect of things, which I think is really lost in, you know, in, in the world today, because I think a lot of people, um, because of the automation of businesses and, and how fast paced it is, there's just not as much of, of a quality around customer service and the commitment to that customer. So a lot of us get frustrated, stuck on calls with banks and all sorts of different organizations. So <laughs> Everything that we do within within my organizations are you know really customer service fo- focused, and I think that that's super important for people to you so, know when, it, when they look at their business. So you know it's interesting because I talked to a lot of people on this show and just in the course of life who got a start in the restaurant business. And my first job was as a busboy at a chain in California called the Big Yellow House. It was like a family style eating restaurant back in the seventies and eighties, and uh, that was my first job. And I learned so much about customer service. Because I had to not only be there with the clients, but also I was service for the waiters. I had to clear their tables fast and the waitresses and get everything kind of going for the wait staff. And I learned that if you treated everybody a little differently, but the way they needed to be treated based on the thing, you were going to get tipped out more at the end of the night than the people who just kind of just did the rank and file part of their job. And I think I still take that into my career today is always wanting to customize, you know, not to the nth degree, but enough to make sure that everybody feels special. Yeah. And, and, you know, Tom, that's super true. And I think that applies to everything, politics, life in general, um, business, especially because, you know, you, until you put yourself in other people's shoes, you don't really see how they see it. And a lot of folks take things differently. You know, you might message one way and they see a different way. Um, you know, so it's, it's constant, you know, um, talking and communicating and trying to understand customers and going that extra mile. Um, often I do things that I, I don't feel like we have to do, but I go out of the way to make that customer feel good and special and tell my staff to do that. Because at the end of the day, you know, they're the ones that pay the bills and keep the lights on and, and doing a good job for people. It, it, it kind of goes around it. It's, you know, it, it, it's, you can easily leave somebody with a bad taste and they take that home and they feel kind of mad that they spent money you know, on your business, rather, you know, the other side of it is have them go home, feel good about their life and and the dollar that they spent and then say good things about you. It just kind of goes around. It's a good karma thing. So think about this for a second. So what advice would you have for people who are kind of hungry to maybe go out and be entrepreneurial? I mean, you've got three or four irons in the fire at any one time, you know, and that's just sort of part of who you are. But for somebody who maybe has gone more of a traditional path up until now, and they're thinking, I want a life like like Ryan's got or like Tom has, where they work for themselves and they're making things happen. Where would you tell people to start? Where does this all begin for somebody? Well, I would say, I mean, I think there's multiple, you know, everyone's going to have their their path, right? But um, first look at, you know, what you're good at and what your, what your passion is. Um, sometimes your passion might not be... Um, a great path to, to making money though. Um, but, you know, look at what that passion is and try to align it to something that you feel is potentially um, an area that can, can make money. And then talk to some other business owners. Don't, don't be afraid to get out and talk to people 
and get opinions. And I wouldn't just get opinions from friends and family because they're going to want to protect you in different ways. And it's kind of like when you go to get a mentor, don't get a mentor that's just a friend and family member because they're going to look at you in a different way. Go find somebody that's outside of your bubble or um, a friend of a friend or some some business person that you do business with. It could be an attorney, a doctor, whatever, um, and get different opinions on things. Um, and, and I would say don't be afraid to, to, to put a, a foot in the water. Um, be 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 cautious and, you know, because um, nobody wants to lose a dollar, but it takes it takes risk to, to get to the other side. So um, and, and some of the most successful business people in the world. And I've I've failed many times. I've had many things not work the way I wanted to. And looking back, I say, oh, gosh, you know, if I did this or I did that or I put more effort around this or brought in better people or whatever it might be or different people rather, um, you know, I would have probably been successful. So don't be afraid to make a mistake. Um, everyone does. And the you know, most successful people in the world, you know, have, have knocked over a lot of cans and, and stumbled. Well, it's funny because I've interviewed a lot of people on the show who tell me that their success that I'm interviewing them about is like their 10th business, that nine of them, they took a lot of risk and it didn't work out for one reason or another. How true yeah. is that? Do you think? Oh, I think it's really true. I mean, I think about that liquidation business that I talked about, um, I could have taken that business and turned it into, you know, businesses in every city around the United States type of thing. But I just didn't know enough at the time. Um, somebody came along and was quite a bit older than me and and made a deal with that person and, and kind of started partnering with that individual who was starting to get older and didn't have the energy and the cycles um, to, to keep doing it. So I just didn't know enough at the time. So I think, you know, it's kind of like interviewing and, and, and doing anything. Everything's about repetition and, 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 and keeping your head down and, and working through it. So, um, you know, knocking over and, and failing the first time is, is okay. Just try to make it, um, you know, as, as least amount of pain when it comes to the financial aspect of it, you know, don't be afraid to lose a dollar, but you know, don't, don't crush yourself. So you're, you know, out on the street. You also mentioned mentors. It's something I talk about a lot on the show. People who listen regularly know that I mentor two people who I, I think the world of and think they're going to take over the world someday. Um, and, you know, I'm a mentor to my kids, I like to think. But how important do you think it is for people to really have those types of, of people who are guiding them? Yeah, I think the mentorship piece is huge. And everyone should strive to find somebody that has been down the path and experience because like I was mentioning, talking to business owners is one type of mentorship, talking to, you know, um, all sorts of different folks that have had experience and it's just learning information. And, and those, those people have been down those paths and, and they've, they've failed and, and they can tell you best practices and they can introduce you to people. And there's so much that you can gain from that. It's, it's just really crucial, I think, to, to, to kind of mitigating the risk in whatever you do. Um, and, and, and frankly, it's kind of nice. It's like having a counselor that, you know, most of the time just will sit down and meet you over coffee and, and feels glad to kind of have some conversation and, 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 and participate in the next generation of, of helping business people. So do you think the mentor is only for the younger people? I mean, I'm 52 and I actually have this desire to find myself a new mentor. Do you think that's something that's possible as you get older? Or is that just a young person's game? That's absolutely. I mean, we all, we all have little silos that we're experts in, you know, you, you're very good at, you know, speaking and, and engagements of that in that aspect, 
but have you ran a corporation and, you know, have you been a CEO or have you been, a, you know, in, in certain aspects of business, we, we all have done things, but we, we don't have, you know, the, the, the world is, is, is way too complex to, to think that we know it all. I surely would like to have a couple more mentors myself. Um, there's lots of areas. I'm constantly reaching out in my Rolodex to talk to people to get information before I execute on certain initiatives. So the more you know, the, the, the better you are. And, and having a mentor, um, I think at all ages, I mean, at some point, you know, <laughs> um, it doesn't matter if the person's older than you. You might find somebody that's, that's a younger person that has a lot of experience in an area that you're interested in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you, you started off in the restaurant and then the wine business, and, and, and now you've worked for in, in really kind of high technology. I mean, you're with this consulting firm now, but you've been with another firm in the storage space that's, that's pretty well known in the tech world. H- how does one jump from industry to industry? That's something you don't often see in a lot of people. How was it you were able to be successful on the, the, the food service side and on the tech side? Well, I definitely keep um, a few too many balls maybe in the air. Um, <laughs> I, I would I would recommend that, you know, for peace of mind, um, less is more. But you have to be as organized as possible. And um, I'm not going to ever say that I'm the most organized individual in the world. I'm constantly working on that. That is something that that if you talk to my friends and family, they would laugh. But I'm I'm keeping lots of notes and, and, and all sorts of different journals on things. Um, and I have lots of resources that I consult with. Um, but, I, but I would also say, you know, um, having really good people around you, um, I have a really good staff. And, and most importantly is being able to identify good people, um, trying to figure out what you're looking for, what your weaknesses are, and then filling those gaps. Um, it's not easy. It's kind of like a business to find good people. Um, you know, you have, there's lots of folks out there and they're not, they might be great people, but they might not be a great fit for your business. They might not have the experience or the energy or whatever that you need and you covet. So finding those people is very important because I don't think people, businesses and, and teams, football teams, whatever, they don't, you know, it's not individual contributors. It's a team. You know, I, I think a business I'm only as good as my team is and, and coaching them and, and having them work with me and give me great ideas is super important. So whether it's the restaurant business, I have really good operations manager. Um, you know, we're evolving the brand right now. We're, you know, focusing on all the things that help evolve that brand. Um, and I have my operations manager and my team and I'm tasking them to look at, you know, how do we, you know, up our game with quality control and, you know, how do we make the lifestyle for our employees even better, you know, so they feel really good about their job and being part of a team. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's not an easy balance. Um, you have to, you know, you have to be focused. And I think I constantly talk about, you know, this came from a recently, you know, I have a similar work-life balance conversation all the time with myself um, but the New York Times had a recent article, and it was just a simple article that came out after the New Year's, and it said, you know, move, nourish, refresh, connect, and it's all about balancing. So the refresh part is, you know, at the beginning of your day, look at your agenda and see what you want to accomplish and see the things that might not be feasible and, and try to work through the things that you can in, 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 in that day. And then by the end of the day, you know, refresh that 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 laundry list of things that you want to do for the next day. 
Um, and it's, it's kind of just kind of keeping that organizational system in, in a everyday process, you know? So one of the things I do when I go in and speak at companies and do team meetings, in fact, you're in the restaurant business. I recently did a, a manager's meeting for a big restaurant chain. So one of the things I talk about it, I call it the paradox of potential because we get really excited about potential. We hire Becky and we think, oh my God, she's so great. She's going to bring all this stuff to the company. And then a year later, you're transitioning her out of the company and you're thinking, well, that didn't work. Well, how come? She had so much potential. And as somebody who has been around so many entrepreneurs, you've probably seen a lot of your friends start companies and you're like, oh my God, out of the way, that's going to the moon. And then, you know, they're closing it down a couple of years later. What do you think the delta is in this gap between potential and results? Because basically one of the things I teach is potential is wonderful, but it does not equal results. So what do you think the difference is between people who go farther across that gap and, and people who fall into it? Yeah, I think it's a fine line. You know, I think plan and execution, um, planning and executing and having the right people. Um, you know, there's, I mean, again, it's, it's, it's a very fine line between, you know, you can be, um, you could have the best idea in the world, but if you don't execute and you don't have the right plan, you're probably not going to go anywhere. Um, so you have to be very strategic, um, I think, in order to be very successful. And I could say that even with my own businesses, um, there's a lot of gaps and areas that I look at and I go, gosh, if I would have done this, this would have been much better and, and much more successful. And constantly looking at that and, and lubing and tuning. We're evolving the brand, like I mentioned right now. So um, we've focused on on, only buying local, um, a lot of messaging around, you know, um, our food quality and and how we make our food and and what we do for, for the, for the, the brand itself and and the people that work for us. Um, We are looking to expand right now. So, you know, how do we execute on expanding? Um, If we add investors, um, what route we go with the restaurant is very, you know, the the execution and how we plan all that stuff is very, very important. Um, You know, when you start a company, all those little tiny holes and those little, those little funky, um, um, you know, gaps between, you know, um, the walls aren't, aren't as big, but once you start doing things and, and pushing on it, those holes and those gaps really become um, noticeable. So you need to make sure that you tighten those things up. And I think if you do it early on and have a really good plan and start with, you know, talking to lots of people, um, mentors, experienced people in, in, the, in the, um, that arena, you're going to have much better luck at, at being successful. So you talked about the restaurant earlier, and you mentioned that in the country, it's number one or number two on Yelp. How in the world do you achieve that? I don't think that happens by accident. How, how did you guys manage that? Well, so, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, I, I can say that, you know, before, before I was wrapped around this business, the folks that, you know, helped drive this to, to that place did a, a lot of work to get the brand um, to another level. And I took it over in 2014 and pushed it up um, as the president and CEO to, to another level. So we did get to that number one rating. Um, so, you know, it, it was commitment. It was really good food quality. So first you got to start off with a good, you know, a good product. And we took that product and just evolved it to, to the next level. Um, so a lot of commitment, a lot of great, a lot of great folks on the team and, um, and identifying a good, a good product. 
So I've got a couple more questions for you before I can let you go. But first, I've got to thank the other sponsor of this episode. So this episode, as all of them, is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Ryan Santwire. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Ryan, I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. <laughs> What's the coolest thing you're doing in business right now? So I recently took a role and a partner and and SVP in a technology company. Um, and, and I love this space. So I easily could take off and, and, and focus specifically on the restaurant, which I love and it's near and dear to my heart. And hopefully my children will be able to, you know, take it over and do cool things with it as well. But the technology space with what's going on right now, um, I, you know, we, we have a company called three tree um, technology and it's all about operational maturity, organizational maturity, and kind of with, you know, and, and most folks know out there with the cloud and all the different things that are coming and evolving and the way people are pushing, um, you know, business and, and progressing so quickly that it's really hard to understand um, what's the best um, route to go and where do you get that good information, um, especially in the technology area. Um, biggest is not always the best when it comes to companies. They might have outdated technology, but they've spent a lot of money to have all the best advertising, um, to be recognized with Gartner, um, which does, you know, great work and has great data, but that doesn't mean that they're delivering the best solution for, for companies. So working with companies to help them mature and run their organizations so they can stay up with the Joneses is one, a super passion for me because it, it goes to everything that I do with my life. And I'm always looking at how do I get better and how do I work, work more streamlined within my organization. Um, and it's not easy because you have silos within companies and those silos don't always talk to get or work together well. Um, you know, whether it's finance, HR, um, IT, all those different groups and those individuals need help. It's not, I mean, I live on the West Coast and whether you're East Coast, West Coast, or almost anywhere, technology sector, um, you know, the, the, the resources in that space, they're a pretty penny. They, they demand a, a decent amount of, of, of wage. So it's not easy to just be able to go out and find folks um, that are affordable for, for the budget and that have the experience. So helping companies evolve and mature and align to what they're trying to do when it comes to their plan and execution um, is something that we're doing. And, and I feel it's something that's, it's super, super cool to talk about because if you really simplify it and look at it across the board of there's a really cool company out there called service now and what they're doing across all the different silos and trying to help um, from a platform, bring all the different information together. So the organization can record and answer and and really 
work well as a company. So imagine a comp- a, a family, Tom, if you had three or four brothers and sisters, that's one thing you guys can probably communicate at the dinner table, but add 3000 family members and the conversation and all the information becomes really wacky. (laughs) (laughs) And so how do you store it? How do you, how do you process through all that stuff? Um, It's not, it's not super easy. And the bigger the company, the, the more complicated it gets. So, I feel like that's a, a really fun and exciting area for um, for me right now, and it's 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 just continuing to evolve. So, what does the future hold for Ryan? Where do you see yourself going? Well, you know, there's a lot of really cool things I'd like to do with philanthropy. Um, I'd like to give back a lot. I think that we all should try to work to help people and, and make the play, um, the world a better place to live for everybody. That if instead of honking our horns we, you know, let somebody in or we wave and laugh and, and blow it off. Um, I'd like to take Paseo restaurants um, and build it out. So there's locations in other cities and places that people can try our great food because it's really is truly amazing. And not only am I, you know, I'm very biased, of course, but I'm a, a big uh, customer and eat there all the time. Um, I'd like to do some really cool things in the technology space and, and help companies. And then I'd like to be a mentor for other people that are working their way up and, and helping people. So a lot of cool things, I think keeping active and, and busy and, and always trying to learn something new as I think I heard on one of your other podcasts, that's a big part of my life, whether it's getting my tennis game better or my golf game or, or um, becoming a better skier. Cause I used to ski all the time and now I don't. So <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my body needs to get tuned. So just kind of progressing and, 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 and learning new things. Yeah, well, that's been sort of my motto. It started off when I turned 50. I made a decision. I, I, I tended to find that I, I spent my life doing things I was already naturally good at. I never really pushed myself. So <laughs> even even getting into a career as a speaker, everybody thinks it's so hard. For me, it was kind of a – I mean, I had to learn to do it, but it was I was naturally kind of bent that way. Uh, and so when I turned 50, I decided I was going to make age 50 to 75 the best years of my life. And you know, I've been saying this now for almost three years, and, and now people are coming to me saying, I'm about to turn 50. How do I do this? And it's like, part of it is, is I learned to say yes to stuff that was outside of my comfort zone. So my new motto became, and it came out of this research that I did for this stuff I teach on this paradox of potential. One of the answers that entrepreneurs and other successful people gave me was if you want new results, you'd better try some new things. And so just the term try new things sort of bubbled to the top. And it's one of the things that I teach but like people really latched onto it. And so I started giving away shirts when I speak that say, you know, and selling shirts that say, try new things. And then I'd wear it in the airport and people were like, where can I get that shirt? So then I started selling them online and I laugh because I joked that if I could sell like 1100 shirts, I could pay for my daughter's wedding. But uh, so, so we're out to sell the shirts, but the, but the real thing is, is the message of get off your butt and try new things. I was always a city kid. So my vacations were Seattle, New York, Chicago, well, in the last couple of years, I've been to Yosemite and I've been to the Grand Canyon. And my younger daughter, when she graduates college, which uh, will be five and a half years, but her goal in life has always been to hike the Appalachian Trail. And so I've agreed to go with her in five years. And I'm a city guy who doesn't sleep in tents. So I'm excited about it because just prepping for it in the next five years is causing me to have to do a lot of different things that I would never do. And I think that when you try new things, it just makes you stronger, even if you fail at some of them. Some of the things I try don't make my Facebook page because it's a total disaster. But uh, but other <laughs> yeah. stuff other stuff works out well. 
that's that's super valid. And I think you know, there's you know, the the next generation has been you know inundated with um, you know phones and and computers and and things. So they're 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 really connected. I think it's really important to put down your things uh, or your your electronic gadgets and get out and connect with people, um, get to know people. Um, I, I started a website called Do a Deed a Day, and I forgot about this, but it, it's really important to me because it's it's about doing cool deeds for people. Um, and it's it's like whether you're at the grocery store and you see a little old lady trying to stick plants in her car, and actually I did this, so I'm commenting on it. I went to her and she looked at me like I was crazy. I helped her, and then one of the plants fell apart, so I had to go back in the store buy her a new plant. But, anyways, it was <laughs> it was it had good intentions. <laughs> um, so I think doing the new things that you're talking about is super important. Pushing yourself, trying to help people. It you know if you give, you get. Um, it just naturally kind of happens. You know, people I think glam on to good energy, and and when you f- when you do things for people, and and you you put good energy out there. um, People see it. You kind of radiate positive people, people that are happy, radiate and and draw people in. So utilize that as a business person and don't just do it just because you want to make a buck. If you live it and you um, believe in it, good things will happen to your business and and to things around you. So anyways, that's just a little thing that I I feel is important. No, I I think you're right. And you you nailed that little piece on the head that yes, it can pay off for your business if you do good things, but you have to do it for the right reasons. Authenticity is worth its weight in gold. Indeed. I'm a firm believer of that. All right. So as I let you go, any last advice for the listener of the show who is, who is hungry to be more entrepreneurial? Yeah, I'd say, Hey, you know, we're all, we all have moments where we get down and we're overwhelmed um, I try to get up every single day and if you, you know, everyone's going to have their own little thing, but get up every day with a positive, positive mindset. I forget about whatever didn't go well the day before. doesn't mean that I don't have to focus on it, um, to, to, to make the, whatever went wrong, right. But get up with a good mindset, positive, um, you know, put on your good energy hat and, and just go make it happen. I mean, it, it can be contagious and, you know, I, I feel like if you if you go out there with that energy and that positive hat on, you're gonna you're gonna make things happen and 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 don't be afraid to to make mistakes and but 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 drive to get as much information as possible. So um, you know, there's entrepreneurs are what making the the, the world turn round. I mean, I think mm-hmm. it's seventy or eighty percent of, of of people employed are employed through small business. So you know, go out there and help employ some more folks. Hmm. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for agreeing to to spend a little time here with a, with us here on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Hopefully, I will get to Seattle. You sound like the type of person that uh, I'd like to sit and have a glass of wine with. Uh, and also, I've got to eat at Paseo now. Yeah, Tom, please do. Um, we'll crack a nice bottle of wine and we'll have a we'll have a sandwich. You know, we feed um, you know almost every sports team that comes to town and orders food through us. So, you know. Maybe you can uh, pop down, and if you got a favorite sports team, we can go watch a game too. Nice, nice. I like that. All right. Well, Ryan, once again, thank you so much. If people are listening to this and they got to find out more about you, how do they find you? Yeah, I'd love. I mean, reach out to me either on LinkedIn or or they can send me an email at, at uh, Ryan at PaseoRestaurants dot com, and uh, love to chat with them. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And thank you to everybody who tuned in and listened. I say it almost every time. If it wasn't for the audience, why would we even have this show? Uh, I started the show as a way to uh, 
help myself, but also all of you find ideas and theories and nuggets. And Ryan gave us a whole bunch of all of that. So please, if you like the show, uh, let me know. Drop me a line. You can find everything about me at TomSinger.com. That's T-H-O-M-S-I-N-G-E-R.com. Uh, of course, on Twitter, at Cool Podcast. And basically, you can find me anywhere on social media, at Tom Singer. All right, we're going to be back uh, with a new episode next week with an interview with somebody just as cool as Ryan. I know you're thinking, how is that possible? But we will. Uh, But in the meantime, I'm going to challenge you. Go out and try something new. And while you're at it, have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.